Well, hey everyone, welcome to the Restoring Home Podcast. My name is Lisa Welter and I'm your host. Today, we're gonna talk about highly anxious or highly conflicted family systems. How does restorative family mediation work? And what's going on in these families that make restorative family mediation successful? Well, you'll find it all here in today's episode. Let's talk about how restorative family mediation can be helpful to families. You know, all of us across the globe will at some point be in a family system that has a a season where it is highly conflicted or highly anxious. And I look to the late Edwin Friedman, who is a well-respected marriage and family therapist. He's also a Jewish rabbi. He wrote the book, A Failure of Nerve, and he integrates concepts around family systems and looks at the complexities of families and even at nations. And we have kind of coined this phrase, the anatomy of highly anxious or highly conflicted family systems. When we think about the needs of families coming to family mediation, we take into account the relationships, the family system that is in a state of chaos and hope to uh, provide some resolution within those dynamics. And I would say that's what sets restorative family mediation apart from different formats of mediation. We're looking at the family system. We're looking at the relationships that are entangled in the conflict. And uh, we really lean heavily on the work of Edwin Friedman to uh, to kind of think through that. And so today I wanna show you just briefly those that are considering restorative family mediation, who might this might be helpful for? And so my name is Lisa Welter. I've done a number of these types of mediations. I've been a family mediator for well over a decade. I've been a pastor. I worked in child welfare. I'm out in the quote unquote in the field working with families in a in a daily way. It's part of the practice and the work that I do. But I'm also a restorative family mediation trainer. And the Catalasso Group is the home of restorative family mediation. And this has been a love of mine for a number of years. I was trained in a different uh, type of mediation style that I didn't feel was sufficient to support some of those dynamics that are deeply entrenched within families and taking that into consideration as we as mediators show up in that space to guide uh, safe conversations, but also for the purpose of safeguarding and protecting that. Here's what I have learned over the years, and I'm taking this from Edwin Friedman's book, A Failure of Nerve. This PowerPoint or this slide is probably about 50 pages of content that I'm whittling down into one slide. And so if you wanted to dive in a little bit more, pick up his book, A Failure of Nerve. It's really fantastic and, and helpful for us as we think about serving families. So who might be helpful um, or who could be served in restorative family mediation? When we think about uh, considering the different types and formats of mediation, well, let's talk about the five characteristics that we often see in our mediation practices. And maybe you are experiencing this personally. Maybe you see this dynamic in your family and uh, hopefully it resonates because it did with me. I had the struggle in my own life. I would say 70% of families, according to Friedman, will have this uh, present itself in some way, shape, or form. Maybe not all of these symptoms, but you know, a couple of them. And, uh, and my hope is that we can kind of normalize 
uh, what conflict looks like and help people move through conflict in a healthy way. So the first uh, symptom of a highly anxious family or highly conflicted family, you'll hear me use those terms interchangeably, is reactivity. Oftentimes you will see that a highly anxious or highly conflicted family system has this propensity towards reactivity and it can be quickly noticed as individuals come together for conversation. You'll see this um, as they are quick to interrupt one another or even jump to complete each other's sentences. They're constantly taking or making things personal and communication can be marked with more diagnostic patterns such as you are, you did, rather than those self-defining statements such as um, saying, I feel or I need. Instead, you hear things like, you are just like your mother. Oh, you are such a control freak. So you see a lot of the you statements coming out um, in, uh, in these scenarios. The second characteristic is the herd instinct. This is kind of a, a unique one. I would say the group coming together can, or the groups that are maybe coming to the table, the, the different groups coming to the table, sometimes a group can almost colonize as its own entity. And you may notice sometimes parents even doing this with children, leaving another parent out, and they promote a sense of togetherness. They're feeding on the good feelings of the group versus promoting individuality. It can almost feel like it's creating a sense of its own self, its own container in which members must adapt to and they are veering towards comfort over uh, resolution. So problems can be formulated in rigid black or white, all or nothing kind of categories. You'll hear this. You'll hear a lot of positioning when uh, folks are coming to the table. They are not able to see each other's perspective. I work with these types of situations all the time. And restorative family mediation can be uh, a healthy vehicle, a way to address disputes and res, um, find peaceful resolutions because we're taking that into consideration in our process. In hurting families, dissent is discouraged, feelings trump ideas, peace is uh, what they're going for over progress, and they will seek comfort at almost any cost. Therapists, according to Friedman, would typically have a goal to help these people separate so that they do not have to formally separate and, uh, and be apart from one another. And when we work with families like this, you will tend to see some of those fairly immature responses as they maintain a sense of togetherness. What I tend to see is kind of tunnel vision happening here. And so they will, they will promote the direction and that um, kind of thinking their idea over um, or how they're feeling about it over creating change. The third characteristic is blame displacement. Oftentimes you will see families encourage blame versus taking responsibility or ownership for their problems. It could be one party. It could be all of them that are contributing to this. And this is a natural byproduct of the hurting attitude. You'll notice plenty of projection, this casting of blame versus reflecting inwardly and taking responsibility for one's own actions or conditions. So you'll oftentimes see accusations being thrown out by members around feeling controlled, they're being hurt by someone, they're placing obstacles in the way, and more. And displacement distracts family members from more painful matters that would help them focus on themselves 
or their own relationships. Instead, they're looking at everyone else and all the other issues and not really addressing this. Here's what's fascinating. Litigiousness and violence are twin sisters in regressed families. In fact, litigiousness is considered the new middle-class form of violence, allowing for one to displace their own anxiety, their own reactivity, their problems, and their irresponsibility of the family onto other systems and families. This is a big deal, you guys. When we think about the atmosphere of what is happening um, in families, in uh, courtrooms, you can kind of see this trend happening. And uh, I think Friedman hit the nail on the head is saying that litigiousness and violence are those twin sisters uh, of regressed families, family systems where the anxiety and the um, conflict has now become to a chronic level and they're not going forward. They're, they're basically kind of falling backwards into life. Fourth is the quick fix mentality. You know, when we think about growth, growth of flowers or babies, they all follow the same laws of maturation. And according to Friedman, there is no gene for maturity. I would agree with this statement. But in a chronically anxious or a chronically conflicted family, they believe that they can modify life with techniques and tend to be very impatient. They want a quick fix. And what makes a chronically anxious family's anxiety chronic is not its pain, but in the way in which it chooses to deal with its pain. I, I do see this quite regularly. They, these uh, types of families will seek out individuals that promise the most comfort and not necessarily seek out ones that are offering opportunities for maturity. They're really focused on their symptoms and that relief of that system rather than looking at and attending to the root of the problem. And we take that into account too. And how many times can we say as individuals, we have found ourselves there? You know, my goal is not to point a finger at anyone, but to recognize that we can all get ourselves into these spaces and not even realize how we got there or how we um, started contributing to it in the first place. But once we have this knowledge that this is some of the difficulties within these highly anxious or highly conflicted family systems, now we have the opportunity to take responsibility and respond differently. Finally, when we think about all of these characteristics, they emerge because there is a lack of well-differentiated leadership in that family system. A lack of a well-differentiated leader is always present when these other characteristics are uh, also present. And someone who can maintain a non-anxious, well-principled presence and sufficiently take stands in the face of all of these other characteristics is what will start to change the dynamic of this family system. Someone who does not regulate on approval, when they're told um, that they might be feeling maybe strong-willed or uncooperative, you may have sensed this in your own family. Maybe someone has said that to you, that you're uncooperative, you're strong-willed. Um, you are differentiating yourself differently from all of the other kind of hurting and blaming and reactivity responses that are happening in that family system. 
And once you become a well-differentiated leader, you can take on these and recognize that this is part of the emotional process that is taking place in a family system. So once we land here, we know that we've really zeroed in on where these uh, kind of points of conflict are coming from. There's a lack of leadership in a family system that our hope in mediation is to kind of elevate that sense that the parties coming to the table have an opportunity to take responsibility and lead themselves to an outcome that works for them rather than displacing their leadership into systems or into courts, but instead are taking responsibility and working towards a solution. Is this easy to do? It is absolutely not. But restorative family mediation takes into account to create a safe and productive environment to capitalize on all of these different uh, dynamics that are happening and transform the conversation and help people get unstuck. It is incredible to watch. I see it every single day. And so friends, if you are a family and you're thinking about using restorative family mediation, if you are noticing any of these symptoms in your uh, current situation, please don't feel uh, judged. We've all been in this place at some point or another. What you have found here is that restorative family mediation can make a significant change, a meaningful impact in the conflict that you are struggling through and help you find your way forward to make agreements that work for you. If you want more information, you want to dive into this just a little bit more, highly encourage you checking out Edwin Friedman's book, A Failure of Nerve is an excellent book. I've read it multiple times. It's really become uh, kind of a Bible for how we train our mediators, but how it will start to transform your thinking. You see it in businesses, you see it in churches, you see it in small groups. Not only will you see it in families, but you will see it wherever people exist. So with that, we just encourage you to check out Restorative Family Mediation. All of our mediators are qualified neutrals. They're happy to help you. They're showing up in a way, they're focusing on the relationships and helping you bring restoration to your life in a way that makes sense for you.